sharing wisdom and speaking truth, this is the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the IPHC Leadership Cast. I'm Garrett Magby and today I am with Rodney Anderson, who is the singles pastor and also the single adult ministries consultant for the IPHC now. Uh, sitting here to talk a little bit about single adult ministries with you and some things like that. Rodney, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here and for talking about something I care a lot about, singles ministry. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, we were just uh, actually shooting a video a little while ago mm-hmm. and uh, and hearing some of what was going in the video. And it's such an important part of, of our churches, our ministries, what we need to focus on. So I'm really glad that we're getting a chance to talk about this today yeah, with you. Me too. Um, especially because you've got such a passion for it. So um, tell me a little bit about you, though. Give us a little bit of background about you and your church and then how you got involved with uh, single adult ministries and, and that sort of thing. Well, I never imagined getting involved with single adult ministries. There was never a plan. There was never a strategy to head in that direction. I just kind of fell into it, you know, kind of, and that's kind of how my whole ministry has gone. I've kind of backed into everything I've ever done. But I've been a pastor for 18 years and started out in student ministry at a church plant. And if you've ever been a part of a church plant, you you're not just your title. You do yes. everything in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done student ministry. I've done missions ministry. I've been a teaching pastor. I've done uh, creative arts and setting up the s- Sunday and the songs and set design. <laughs> and uh, eventually I got into singles ministry because the guy who was the pastor who was leading singles at our church left for a new position. And asked me if I wanted to take this one. (laughs) And I'd never thought about singles ministry before, but I thought it would be an interesting and fun opportunity to take it on. So I said yes. There you go. <laughs> so simply just saying yes to an opportunity. That's how I got started. I heard, I heard there was a, a sermon recently preached um, at the church that I attend, and, and the, uh, we had a guest speaker, and he was preaching on the call was his whole message. Mm-hmm. But one thing he said is he said, sometimes, you know, people will have that experience. God calls them to something very specifically. You know, and you right. hear it's distinct. They know exactly. And sometimes there's a need. Right. And the call is the need, and you can fill that need through that call. It sounds like, in a, in a lot of ways, you were asked to do this, and you hadn't been planning on it, but there was that need there. No, I love that. I mean, that's yeah. that's been my whole journey. I, yeah. I felt like in high school, I guess I would have had that that initial call yeah. you know, that he yeah. talked about where you feel drawn into ministry. Right. Since then, I don't <laughs> feel like I've ever been called to something specific. Yeah. I've just been shown a need, and an opportunity has come up. And I just said yes and stepped into it and never had a passion for any of those things beforehand. But as soon as you start, you know, the passion comes and it follows and starts to grow. And that's very interesting, too, because, uh, you know, God calls people in such unique ways that that you felt that call. Like, I know I'm supposed to be involved in ministry. Right. But you had that willingness wherever that was. Mm -hmm. And God just directed you right to it. You know, he just that's the kind of that idea of like, hey. Lord, direct my paths. For sure. And you just don't, you don't know where they're going to go. No idea. But you follow him. And that's, that's the, the heart of a true faithful serving. You yeah. Know? So you follow him. You know, he's good. Yeah. You know, he's got good things for you. And all right, let's go. There you go. Now tell me a little bit, uh, before, before you got into working at the church and, and, uh, doing all these different positions, especially with a church plant, it's absolutely the way that you just described. Yeah. Uh, before that, tell us a little bit, um, about, you know, schooling, things like that, uh, I grew up in Atlanta, uh, grew up with a Christian family, Christian home. Um, you know, my parents 
actually weren't believers when they got married. Had my older brother, had my older sister who was born with Down syndrome. So at the hospital, there was another family that had a Down syndrome child as well at the same time. So they connected to the hospital. That family were believers, and they kind of brought my family to faith through that situation. And after that, parents had me. So I was born to a Christian family. I went to Christian high school, uh, kindergarten, all the way through 12th grade. I mean, I was like Christian kid, (laughs) church all the time, and uh, graduated high school um, feeling like, you know, around my before my junior year of high school, that I wanted to go into ministry. Okay. Uh, went to the University of Georgia, awesome, and spent four and a half years at the greatest college in the nation. Go dogs! And That's then, uh, we, have, we have quite a few fans around here. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I've met a few of them. It's <laughs> yep. been a wonderful day. And as soon as I graduated college, I started off in ministry. I, awesome. I was went straight to that church plant and started off as a part, you know part time youth pastor part-time. and was ordained not too long after that and yeah I've been a pastor for 18 years. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you what, what was your degree at Georgia in? Speech communication. Speech communication. That's awesome. That's actually an excellent degree to have for ministry. I mean think about all the the applications for that. Well, it was really one of the reasons I, I two reasons I picked it. One because okay. I thought it could help me in ministry and two I didn't have to take chemistry. <laughs> so you got any, to, uh, yeah. Double that, whammy there. Right. And the first priority was not chemistry. Yeah. So I looked at what <laughs> What would, you know, what majors could keep me out of that, yeah. narrow the field, and then speech was in there. And so I was like, oh, this could help me. It could work. It could yeah, work. it could work for ministry. So let me ask you this. Into adult ministry, you got offered this position, yeah. um, accepted it, and now where do you go from there? What was kind of your process into really finding um, finding that groove of what was effective and also that learning process? Because I'm sure at first, you know, since you hadn't really been planning on that direction— uh, was there a little bit of a learning curve to huge, single adult ministry? Huge learning curve. Uh, I had no idea what I was getting into. Yeah. I didn't even know why we were doing singles ministry <laughs> in the first place. I knew right. the church had always thought it was important. Yeah. So, you know, for 20 plus years, we've been running singles ministry. Okay. And so I stepped in, and just like anything, you want to step in and have like a learning season. You're just going right. to watch. You want to wait. You want to see what the needs are. And... As the longer I stayed in the ministry and began to realize the what are the biggest felt needs, what does this community need, what are they looking for, um, and also what are the environments that are most attractive to single people. When we first, when I first started, we were meeting uh, in homes, okay, all over the city. People, single people, would show up at a random person's home, oh, and they would cool. meet for like twelve weeks and. Um, it was just terrible. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> it it, <laughs> it was, was effective. It was not good. It was effective, okay. but it wasn't good. Okay. So, you know, hopefully you want things to be both good and effective, right? Yes. yes. And people would show up because there was no other opportunity. Okay. The, the need was so great to meet and to find friends and build community, especially in Atlanta, it's a transient community. The yeah. need was so great that it would overcome the quality of the environment. Gotcha. And I didn't like that. I would go to these nights and spend time with people, and I didn't enjoy being there because I just didn't think we were doing it very well. So the idea of, of course, like, what would it look like to connect people and be the best at it in the world? Like, how do we become the easiest and most obvious place for people to build community? And so we made a lot of mistakes, a lot of different iterations of how to connect people. But the, the more I began to think through 
how do we build community for people who don't have it? I just got really excited about that entire idea. Yeah. I mean, it, it just started to fuel all of our thinking, all of our prayers. God, where, how do you want us to do this? Um, all of our strategy involved around how, what's the best way to build community for people. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Now, what, what does that, tell me, transition a little bit into what does that look like today after after the iterations and, you know, you started out, you said you'd meet at random people's houses. Yeah. Uh, transitioning from that into what you found is both good and effective. Right. Uh, what do some of those types of, of ministry constructs look like? So the way we ended up where we are is we basically started the, asking ourselves the question, you know, where, what do we love to do? Like when we're having great community with people, yeah. what does that look like? And, you know, we all know the answers to those. I mean, it's when you're doing things you love together, it's shared interests, it's around a meal. Um, there's all kinds of ways that real community happens. And so with singles, it, it's a little weird because there's always this underlying idea that everything you're doing is to meet people and to find a spouse and to get (laughs) married. And so it comes with all of this meat market kind of fears and tendencies. And so we wanted to try to dispel that as much as possible. And so we got, we had the idea of like, what if we connected people outside the walls of the church? So all the singles that attend our churches, how do we connect them outside the walls um, so that it feels like it's some kind of community thing. Sometimes when it's, there's nothing wrong with doing anything inside the church. Sure, sure. But it's just, it's inside the church. It feels like church. Right. When you're inside the church, it feels like church. And so we started building environments for singles to connect based upon their age. Okay. Also based upon shared interest. And so we kind of curated a few interests like hiking and biking and um, sports in the park and serving the homeless and uh, feeding meals to the elderly. We have you know partnerships all through Atlanta with nonprofits that we serve with, and people love to serve together. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just going on a mission trip with people you don't know. You come back and you're like best friends for life. Yes, yeah. So it's a s- similar idea. So we started connecting people with agent interest all over the city of Atlanta, and it just started working. And so when we started this, people started showing up, and one of the biggest differences was the survey results that we had were going were skyrocketing. People started loving what we were doing. And before, okay. people were still coming. I mean, we had, yeah. we had single adults come to all of our events, and they just didn't like it, but there was just no other option. <laughs> so now we are having events that were building community and that people enjoyed. And they were and, giving you posit- that positive feedback on what was happening. Well, it was so great to hear because yeah. we thought, have we stumbled across, upon something that we think could work right. long term? Because we've had to change iterations, you know, every couple of years of our ministry because it just started to feel stale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we thought we may have stumbled upon something that we can do for a long time. And we may not. Like, we may end up in two years from now, this may be horrible. (laughs) But right now, it's being successful and people seem to enjoy it. And, and so basically, and the idea is that right now, you know, it's, it's taking the focus off of the whole idea of like, hey, we're just trying to get you together so you guys can meet and, ha- and find a spouse or that sort of thing. It's more of like, hey, it's community building. It's friendship. Yes. We're trying to build those relationships. If that comes out of something like that, great. 100%. But, and that does happen. Yes, of course. But we don't talk about it. We don't promote <laughs> that. We just, we talk about, hey, we want you to build, we, we, our tagline is social with substance. We want yeah. you to be around people that have some weight to them, some substance to them. Right. There are people that um, are trying to follow after God and live the life that God is calling them to live. 
and it's attractive to people. Yeah. So people want to know, oh, these are like-minded people. These are some people of faith that we can, we can journey with right. together. And it's, and it's also, you know, it's, what's interesting about that is the fact that you're, let, let's say, for instance, the, uh, you said you had a hiking, was it a hiking uh, community building uh-huh. um, event? Like people who all love to go hiking, now they know two things. One, it's through my church. It's going to be a safe event. It's not like I'm going to some random, you know, group exactly. I found online or whatever. And two, everybody else there is going to love hiking. You know, right. I've been waiting to talk about the latest backpack or the, you know, the shoes that I the got. The conversation is so much more organic be- yes. because of the interest. It's great. Right. And you nailed it. People, there are other things people can go to in culture. There's not much. Yeah. Culture is doing very little to build community. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple large companies that try to put together events for people. But it is such an, you said the word safe. Yeah. No one knows what they're getting into. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're just showing up in some random dude's basement, you know, and you handing no you Dixie cups of something, <laughs> and you don't know what this is or who these people are. Right. The great thing is what we're doing is, you know, it, it is a safe space. We've built a reputation of that they're going to put on quality events, and it's going to be good people for the most part. Right. We can't background check everybody that signs up for our stuff. Sure, sure. But there's a lot of good people, and so it, it, it's been a really successful environment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now let me ask you, and and, and I'm kind of we kind of are talking in reverse order, but I think it's important because we've talked about uh, some effective ways and how you guys have discovered or being more effective ways to reach out to single adults. But tell me a little bit more about that um, category within the church. That that uh, let's say, um, well, I guess I, I don't know what's what's another good word for it, um, but that group of people, single adults, demographic, demographic. Thank you. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit more about that demographic and what that looks like right now. Well, historically, the church has not been full of single adults, and historically, neither has our culture. Yes. We're a, historically in the West, people go to college, majority of people by 23, you know, will have gotten married and right, have right. kids, but the single population has been steadily growing over the last 40 years. Yeah. The single population in America is up f- almost 40% in 40 years. Wow. So in 2014... The single population for the first time in history exceeded the married population. So we are now primarily single nation. Um, 20, I believe it's 26 or 27, we can fact check this, of the 50 U.S. states are now primarily single. And 46 of the 51 major U.S. metropolitan areas are primarily single. Wow. And the trend towards singleness is going to continue to rise. Yeah. More single adults for longer in our communities, in this nation, and it's going to be in our churches. And it's starting to be reflected in, in churches, whether people know it or not. Yes, The yeah. single population is rising. The church I'm a part of is 60% single. 60%. It's a huge number, and we're yeah. just right there in the middle of the city. Yeah. And we're not the only one in sure. the city whose single population is that much. So the problem with the church is that I see in regards to singleness— is the demographics are changing, but our minist- our strategy of ministry is not changing. It's kind of still stuck, not stuck, but it's it's still coming from the same vein that was oriented toward families, right? Oriented, right. yes, families and kids, which super important, exactly. right? I mean, churches yeah. need to be focused on <laughs> families and kids and reaching the next generation and helping marriages. I mean, all of that. None of that should change, right? But we've got. It's got to be a, a yes and. We've got to yeah. still reach families and, and children, and but we've got to start developing really helpful, successful, thoughtful strategies for a 
huge population that's growing. Right. Well, especially if you, like you said, if if sixty percent of your church congregation is of the demographic of being single adults, and all of the um, all of the material and everything that you're talking about and everything that you're kind of focusing on is the family, you know, uh, um, subject matter. Then you're right. You're kind of isolating or alienating the majority of no, the people. No doubt. Are, are and, the, and the other churches in our our church network, uh, they're not that high, but they're yeah. still thirty to thirty five percent, which is which, a large number. Which yeah. is a large <laughs> number of your church. Yeah. And I would I would suspect that's probably more average for a lot of churches okay. uh, outside of urban areas that right. they're. Single population is probably around there. Obviously, that's just an average. Some are going to be more and some are going to be less. Yeah. But but when you begin to think about the single population growing in the communities and what your single – is your church the type of church that the single people in your congregation will invite their single friends to? Because it, they know it's a place where they're going to get some of the needs, felt needs that they have talked about, that they're right. going to feel a part of. Yes, and so the more churches, I think, can adopt language and communication that communicates care toward single adults, the more they're going to feel comfortable inviting the growing number of their friends who are single to church. Right, right. And I heard, I heard recently, um, and tell me if you know this statistic, and maybe not off the top of your head, but uh, the age that people are, are getting married, has, along with how, mu- how many people are single— has been growing, but also the age that marriage is happening has been growing as well. So people are getting married later in life, yep. uh, meaning that— It's that, almost 30 years old now. Is it almost 30? Yeah. And it, back, I don't know, just not that long ago, it used to be like early 20s, right? It was 23. 23? 23 back in—I can make up some date, but I'm not going to. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere yeah. not yeah. that long ago. But it has, it, it has grown rapidly, and I think even as little as two or three, year ago, two or three years ago, it was 28. And I think it has even, I think next year they're saying it's going to be 30. It's going to be 30, which, which I, I brought that up to say that uh, you're absolutely right. It's so vitally important, singles ministry in this way, because if you pull in those young single adults now, you know, they pull in their friends, they're coming in, everybody's getting involved, they're, they're uh, getting into church, their relationship with God is growing, yep. either far beyond where they've been or it's just taking it to the next level. Uh, the thing is... Once they do hit that 30-year age, you know, 35, whatever it is, and they're getting married, now their family is in church. Where do you want their family? Where do yes, you want their family? in your you church. Know? Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's so that's, and you, you nailed one of the reasons why the strategy is so important because you've got these seven, eight, nine years mm-hmm. in between college and family. And where are they the going to ch- be? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is the church going to do something for them? And I, I get it's easy to say, well, they can just be a part of the church community as a whole. Just let them serve and join in with all the families. And I, I, I don't think that's not a horrible strategy. That's really not. I don't want to overstate something. A lot of churches do that. And a lot of single adults, are they're fine with that. Yeah. I just think we can do better than yeah. that and recognize they have felt needs and especially in the area of friendship and community, that if we don't come alongside them, say we recognize that and we want to help build an ever-widening circle of friendship and community for you, um, I, think, I think there's a potential for us to lose some folks. Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely right. And I, I uh, really appreciate you talking to us about this because um, here recently, especially this year, you know, we've been focusing on all generations um, across yeah. the IPHC is one of our core value focuses. Uh, but, you know, with that 
brings out the the uh, the idea and the focus on some of these areas that maybe we haven't thought enough about or we've thought about but never really put the focus into that, right. that they're that they need and they deserve you know um, so I want to ask you this we're running out of time but I want to ask you do you have any final thoughts for our listeners um, people who are involved in singles ministry or in in their church ministry in general and looking for ways to better reach their uh, their singles demographic in the church. Uh, any final thoughts for them or advice or wisdom you want to impart? No, I mean, the final thought is just start thinking about it. Yeah. It's just start thinking about it because most people just aren't. They're week-to-week ministry, and I get I've done Sunday-to-Sunday ministry. The mm-hmm. singles ministry is never in that. <laughs> it's, right. you know, middle school, it's high school, it's children's, it's just the Sunday— and so our thought process tends to get in a rut, whether we want it to or not. But we have to start thinking about this because our culture has changed, the demographics have changed, church is notoriously slow to change. Yeah. And if we can get on the forefront of this, I think it is a game changer for what we could do in culture. I mean, our, one of the next steps we're trying to do is how do we take this model of connecting our single adults and take it to our whole city? You know, we, we think this is something the church can do in culture that culture can't do very well. And we can step in and do this because we know what they're made for community. We know God's wired them for this. Oh, yeah. You know, they're created to have this kind of stuff. And we have the answer for this in um, Christ and in his church. And I think if we just start thinking about it and then just start something in a small way and partner with another church, um, if anybody needs some ideas, Email me, <laughs> call me. I love talking about this because I, I I think it is so important, and I've seen the difference it's making in the lives of the people in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think we can replicate a model similar to this all over. And I'd love for as many churches as possible to start something. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Rodney, I just had a thought while you were you giving us. I know that was the final thoughts. I hate to throw tack on another question, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, uh, totally fine. Real quick, I wanted to ask you. Um, your thoughts, because this is another um, area that we didn't completely cover. In we, we were covering singles ministry in general, but tell me, what have you run into with uh, with uh, single parent um, ministry? Oh, that's a great is, question. Tell me a little bit about that, because that's another very important aspect that is a little bit. It's a little bit of a combination of both things. It so. is. So, single parent population is growing as well. Yeah. Uh, over the last. 90 days, we measure 90 day additions to our database. How many people that come into our church that have never been to our church before? Uh, In the last 90 days, I think of all the single people that showed up, which over 60% of all the new people that came were were single, I think 30% of those were single parents. Wow, wow. Um, And we have a huge number of single parents in our middle school ministries and our high school ministries. And single parents, it's difficult to figure out what do you do and how do you love them, how do you minister to them? Because even among single parents, they all have different thoughts about what they want. Yeah. Some single parents want to be around other single parents. Other single parents don't at all. They just want to, <laughs> like, I don't want to be around other single parents. I'm, that's all I talk about all the time. I'm with my kids. Do not put me in a room with other single parents. Right. And so you're trying to figure out how do you connect them best. So we do two things. If We, we run a care ministry. Okay. And so if a single parent needs help, needs care, needs assistance, we provide that through them through our care ministry. Okay. Through our singles ministry, one of the biggest things we do for single parents is we know child care is expensive. Yeah. So to come to any of our events, it's an added burden for them. 
So we reimburse childcare for all of our single parents. Wow. So any event that they come to, they just submit a form and we'll reimburse them because we do not want money or the barrier for childcare to get in the way of the, their need for community because they need it too. Right. And it's hard for them. And if there's an excuse not to go, um, they'll take it because they've been married and there's a stigma and there's the yeah. divorce and what is this going to feel like? So we're trying to let them know um, we care so much about you and we know this is such a big deal. We'll take on the burden of the financial strain that this could potentially cause for you. Um, and we make sure on our groups that there's multiple options for single parents. Uh, so a lot of our groups used to be on just on Sunday afternoons. Right, right. We realized we had to start creating groups on Saturdays because a lot of childcare uh, switches happen on Sunday afternoons. So if you're a single parent and you have um, custody in one week and you have to give it to your you know, ex the next week, that usually happens on Sundays. On Sunday. So gotcha. Sunday environments for single parents, it was eliminating their ability to connect. Yeah, yeah. So we started going, okay, we need to provide Saturday environments. And so that's there for them and for that opportunity. So. Um, as long as, and we're never going to get it right, but those are the two biggest things we're trying to do for single parents to let them know our church cares for them. That's amazing. And, and, and you know, even some of those aspects is until you start really focusing on that, that demographic, that specific situation yeah. that uh, a lot of people are in, and really start to understand some of those things. Like, for instance, you might not think about the fact that, you know, children are switching. Never thought about Sunday it. Or things like that. Yeah. It never crossed our minds until we started asking them, hey, are you enjoying these? They're like, we're not even going because I have to give my kids on Saturday. I was like, oh my goodness. Like I had no idea. No <laughs> idea. No but, idea. But that's the kind of that's the kind of information and knowledge that is so vitally important when starting a ministry in your local church for single parents. Uh, because you know, until you go through that, until you ask, until you've experienced that with, yeah. with your single adult parents that are trying to, you know, juggle yep. all these different things, you just don't know. Got to ask. You got to ask, yeah. Got to ask. Yeah. And, and sometimes people tell you things and you're going to try it and it doesn't work, but that, that one was, that was a game changer for us. Did you notice a pretty big influx? Huge, in yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And they just feel cared for. I mean, yeah. I mean and that's, if you can't meet all their needs, which no church can for any demographic, right. but if they know you care for them, that covers a multitude of sins. Absolutely. Right? Love covers a multitude of sins. We're not going to get it right. If you start singles ministry, you're going to do things wrong. We've done tons of things wrong. But it communicates care. And if they feel like your church cares for them and their needs, they're going to put up with a ton. And that's <laughs> yeah. super important. Well, and, and you know that, especially in a lot of situations, the fact that they know that the church is adjusting to try to help them out as best they can, then you're absolutely right. Whenever the, whenever an adjustment can't be made for whatever reason or, you know, the, the finances aren't there yet or whatever, right. it's still, you know, that, that step of love and faith has has taken it's over. It's huge. 100%. So, Ronnie, thank you so much for talking and sitting Thanks down with us today. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. We, we've enjoyed it, and uh, this will be up online very soon. Um, right. And I really hope that uh, all of our listeners, everybody, if your church does not have a singles ministry um, that's thriving, help get one started. Help get one started. 100%. You can look up more about singles ministry on the uh, ipHC.org slash discipleship website. I believe they've got a whole section for uh, singles ministry that they're they're building upon and building upon. We're going to be putting more assets up there throughout the year. We've got a few things yes. coming online soon and more to come. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much, Rodney. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.